Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dendi. I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer, the purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, On the Other Side LLC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement. Hello everyone, this is Talea Dendi from OnTheOtherSide.life and you're listening to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Kara Adams. Kara is a longtime educator and children's minister. During her fight with Hodgkin's lymphoma, she fought hard to pass on a biblical worldview to her toddler. She is currently in remission and touring schools, churches, and other children's events with her newly published book, If God Was a Kid in Your Class. Interesting title, If God Was a Kid in Your Class. Kara, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you, Talia. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. It is my pleasure, Kara. Wow, I want to cover so many different things with you. We will definitely talk more about your book a little bit later. Please tell us more about your experience with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And how did you find out that you had this type of cancer? For me, I was I hate to start off gross, but I had severe nosebleeds that I just kept going to the doctor about going to the doctor about because they were just interrupting my life so much. I'd be teaching and my nose would bleed. I'd be driving and my nose would bleed. And so that was the first real symptom. And I kept going to the hematologist and they couldn't find anything wrong with my sinuses or my blood really. And then I started having swollen lymph nodes, one that was so huge and painful that they removed it and said, oh, you have cancer. So that explained everything. So that's how I learned that I had cancer. As you may know, you find out the surface of it. And then they dig deeper with more tests and they're like, you have stage four, it's in your bones, it's in your spine and my lower back and everything. So that was my experience. Are you willing to share the type of treatment that you receive, Kara? 
Yes, I received classic chemo. I didn't receive any radiation that was said it was too late for that for me. I guess radiation is the lesser of the two evils. I don't know. People I've known <laughs> had radiation don't seem to think that's any better. But of course, chemo is is poison. And so it wasn't a whole lot of fun to deal with. But I had that kind of treatment. And I tried to do everything else I possibly could alongside of the chemo, meaning like nutrition and any kind of supplements I might have been allowed to take and that kind of thing. Thank you for sharing that, Kara. Did you have any experience with cancer prior to your diagnosis? Yes, actually, my mother has chronic leukemia. So she's had it for 20 years and it goes in and out, on and off. She'll never be rid of it. It just has its ebbs and flows. And also I have a good friend who was diagnosed with the same cancer from the same town a few months before me. And it's been said about our area that we have a cancer cluster. Aaron Brockovich actually visited our town in 2018 to raise awareness about the possibility of groundwater being polluted with chemicals. I live in the center of the space industry she was very concerned that the space industry was dumping a lot of chemicals in my area. And that's why we have this cancer cluster. So yeah, my mom, her dad died of leukemia as well. My grandfather, and like I said, my good friend, same diagnosis, same town, considered to be part of this cancer cluster. Has anything been done, any further research, any preventative measures that they've taken because of this cancer cluster? Yes, actually, many groups have started up, especially some of the moms in the area that fought to get our water tested. And I think that they showed that the water's fine, but there was definitely a fight for a while to make sure our water was fine. There's still people that would believe <laughs> otherwise or that the damage is done and the pollutant is gone now kind of thing. Wow. So the fact that you had experience with cancer prior to your diagnosis, do you think that helped you in some way? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It helps to have an example of someone going through it. One of the first things I did was join support groups. It was great to be on Facebook because you have a very specific support groups for people with your exact cancer. So they knew exactly what I was going through. And I could also glean from them any other of their experience. But it's very helpful to talk to other people about their experience and get their advice and just feel not alone, you know? What were some of the most helpful things for you during your treatment? I know you just mentioned support groups. Was there anything else that you found very helpful? My community poured into me with all kinds of help that I just never even expected. I have a friend who immediately referred me to a nutritionist and she got me juicing, which I'd never done before. And I'm drinking like celery juice, cucumber juice, carrot juice, just all kinds of purified vegetables, just concentrating those vitamins. She also spoke to me about something called grounding, which I found to be really helpful. She just just make sure I go barefoot out in the grass or I live near the beach. So lots of sand and ocean, even just like yesterday, I was spreading the mulch on my yard. And I was like, God, there's just something about that. I feel this connection with the earth right now. Just feeling good doing this something in that mulch. She said, make sure you do that just a few minutes every day. What else did she tell me to do? There's breathing exercises yeah. that, yeah, so this is a big craze and there's a lot of research about it right now. Just these breathing exercises that teach you how to hold your breath longer and longer, but it also does a lot to your immune system in the process. 
So really, she was just all about my immune system and helping me there. My next door neighbor is a reflexologist. So mm. this was really interesting because that was all new to me too. And she really helped me all the time doing reflexology, which is like massage, but there's a lot more pressure points involved somewhere yeah. between massage and acupuncture. So that was very helpful. Massage is helpful as well. Just anything you can do to just pump up your immune system and release any other toxins that you need to get rid of. I went to a chiropractor as well because the things they do are just amazing. You know what? I was so surprised when the chiropractor there was like such young children because they're doing just preventative things with them and then they probably won't have a diagnosis down the road but yeah the chiropractor really helped a lot my community just to help me so much with meals and babysitting oh and the one other thing that that really was new to me was essential oils now I'd put oh, yes. essential oils in my room mm -hmm. and make everything smell good. But the first time I sat down with a consultant and a nurse and learned that you actually take them orally or put them on your skin, I didn't realize they had medicinal effects. I really thought essential oils was just to make everything smell good. But that mm -hmm. has been really life-changing, especially for all the nausea that I would experience from the chemotherapy, like to this day, I still take the essential oils for anything I'm feeling in my stomach. So that was really helpful too. The essential oils, nutrition, anything to help my body. I can relate to a lot of the things that you've just shared. I love essential oils as well. And certain ones also have a very calming effect too. They can help your nervous system calm down. You mentioned a lot of great things there. You mentioned that you had stage four Hodgkin's mm -hmm. lymphoma. What were your thoughts when you were told that it was stage four? I was worried at first, of course, but my faith really carried me through this. Absolutely. I knew I was going to have, the treatment was unavoidable. I was going to have to go through this, but I knew that the Lord was going to carry me through this. I would get to the other side and I just had to praise him in the storm, but I was going to survive and I was going to thrive. I was going to get out of here and do something really amazing after this experience. Kind of like you, you know, look at, at some mentors that you've made mm. this podcast after your experience. Thank you. I have to make sure I note this to the audience. You were in remission three months later after your diagnosis. Please yes. tell us more about that and how you think your faith played a part in that. Absolutely. So, right. So I was told I had stage four, it's in my bones, it's pretty severe and everything, let's go get the treatment done. And then I've had the treatment for three months and everything was in remission. And it was just like a miracle. We were just yeah. so amazed and floored. But again, the people poured into me, around me. One of the first things that happened after I was diagnosed was my pastor came over to the house with some friends and they prayed over me and laid hands on me. And I believed and work in a faith-based school and I have a church and I just believed that I had so much prayer lifted up for me and on my behalf that it was definitely bringing me through. And the Lord also sent me all this help. He sent me friends that guided me towards the nutrition and the oils and the reflexology and massage and all. He just sent me all this help as answers to those prayers. I definitely feel that my faith brought me so quickly of a diagnosis. Now, I still had to go through more treatment after that. The doctors weren't convinced I could stop treatment. No, I needed to finish the treatment no matter what. So I had three more months of treatment, but my faith definitely attribute that to the miraculous three-month turnaround. That is a blessing. You pointed out, and I just want to make sure I bring this forward as well. A lot of people struggle with asking for help 
But on the mm -hmm. flip side of this, Kara, you said God sent you help and mm -hmm. you were able to recognize that, accept it and receive it. So I want to commend you for that. That is a blessing in itself, just being able to receive that help. A lot of times people try to do it alone. That's true. That's true. Unfortunately, the help is there. Accept it. <laughs> Take yeah. it. Yeah. Were you someone who struggled with asking for help prior to your diagnosis or have you always been comfortable asking for help? I would probably say I was more of a struggler. I was just much more of, I can do this. Let me bear this alone. I don't want to burden anybody. But people insisted on help and I'm glad they did because I don't know how I would have gotten through all of that without all their help. Earlier, you used the word community and it really does take a community when someone is facing cancer. Again, I wanna commend you for realizing that you had that community of people who really wanted to help you. Thank you. Kara, was there anything that really surprised you about your cancer experience? Well, I was surprised and blessed again by the outpour of the community. But the thing that surprised me the most, Talia, was the unfortunate racket behind cancer. Just the people or the companies and people trying to gain or benefit off of the cancer. I got so many emails and advertisements for me to buy wigs or to come into the medical marijuana clinics, different uh, treatments and people just trying to make money off the whole thing. I was very surprised by all of that. I was very surprised because I'm just was disappointed in uh, humankind that we're trying to just really gain off of someone's cancer experience. I totally understand what you're saying about that because some of those things, they're not legitimate. You know, they haven't been proven to work. They haven't been vetted. How were you able to make the distinction between that kind of quote unquote help versus mm -hmm. the other kind of help that you receive? Because this will be important for people to make that distinction of really figuring out what's best for them. You said that you're receiving emails and things like that from people offering wigs, medical marijuana, other things. But on the other side of that, you had support from like nutritionists, reflexology, all those other things. Really, what was your thinking on that? How did you make that distinction? I could see the spirit of generosity versus the spirit of trying to, like I said, make gain and make money off of it. Here, we're going to offer you this free wig, or you could get this other wig for $2,000 like that. So if their heart wasn't about being generous and truly trying to help me, then I didn't have time or energy to get into it. Good for you. You set those barriers. That's so important. Thank you. Kara, what lessons did you learn? Really, like you mentioned, to accept help when it's offered, but to listen to my body as well. I was listening to my body before diagnosis, I thought, but I probably could have listened to it a lot earlier and been more persistent in that and getting my initial diagnosis. But then throughout treatment too, I just had to really listen to my body because it was just thrown into, it's almost like childbirth. It's just thrown into something violent all of a sudden and all these changes were happening. And I had to communicate that with my doctors. We had to adjust our levels of chemo and things like that. I had to get this medication or that medication to help combat some of the symptoms. So I'm glad that I really paid attention because in the past, I probably would have been like, I'll get over it. I'll mm -hmm. be fine. But this we're dealing with some serious levels of poison here in the chemotherapy. So you might not be fine. Make sure that we communicate this with the doctor. 
We don't want to have anything really detrimental happen. Listen to my body, accept help, and to be generous because generosity was just given to me freely that it really inspired me to be more generous. All great things, all great life experiences and learning opportunities there. How did your diagnosis impact your family and what advice do you have for parents who are diagnosed with cancer? a good question. One of the first things I did when I got diagnosed, my hair was like two feet long. So it was really long. So one of the first things that I did was donate my hair to children with hair loss. I was going to lose it anyway. So I definitely wanted to let someone have it rather than just let it all fall out. I had my daughter be part of this experience to see me take my problem. I didn't hide anything from her. Take my problem and try to make some good out of it while I could or whenever I could. I think she really understood that I was just I was trying to do something kind for children that were in needier than me. And I didn't hide anything from her. I just let her see everything I was going through. And I think that's important is that we don't try to sugarcoat it too much or hide things from our children that they'll be confused later about or be left out of an opportunity to see growth and to understand what it's like to fight something and struggle and overcome it. And I think that part is important. So if there's a parent that has cancer, then I would definitely advise you to let your children be part of it, to see the struggle, to pray with you, to fight with you, to do all the different ways to help. And they need to just be part of that. Life isn't just happy, shiny, go lucky all the time that we get these huge curveballs and setbacks. And we need to use our tools and our wisdom, move forward with it. I think that if you had a child, that's so unfortunate to think about as a child with cancer, but the child are more resilient than we are and they thrive. They do. Unfortunately, sometimes doesn't always happen that way. And it's a struggle and you just don't want to see your children sick. But again, you want to be strong for them and you want them to see you be strong. You want them to see you fighting alongside them. I do have someone I know who's lost a child to cancer, which is so sad and unfortunate, but their faith also is very strong and they understand that their child is in a better place, that their child is with Jesus and is going to heaven. They started a foundation in his name and that life goes on. It's really sad and it's a big hole. That child isn't there anymore, but God won't waste your pain. You can do something positive with it, like start a foundation and never forget their memory and always use it as something to teach on or to grow upon. While you were talking about just being very honest with your daughter, how did she respond to the things that you were showing her and telling her? she was pretty accepting of all of it. Even today, like just recently, she was looking at a picture. She's like, that's what your hair used to look like. (laughs) Totally forgot how I used to look because she's just been part of it so long, but she just was a trooper. And like I was saying before, kids are just more resilient than we are. And they just absorb and take it all and they process it differently. They process it much later in smaller chunks and just process things differently. But she did very well with all of that. And I think it was because I just included her in everything. And there wasn't some big surprise at some point, you know. I'm so glad that you were open and honest with your daughter because like you said, they're very resilient and they're very smart. They always know when something's not right. I agree with you, it's best just to be honest and talk to them on a level that they can understand. Sarah, when you were diagnosed with cancer, how did it impact your work? 
well, I couldn't work because at the time I was a preschool teacher. So there was just no way I was going to have the energy to keep up with the preschool. So I had to step down from that role at that time. But during that time of being home, people were so generous to me financially that I was able to float that time and not be in need of anything. I also went to an online course, which furthered my career so that I came out of the whole treatment in a better position than before treatment. I had the time to do the coursework. So that was a real blessing. Absolutely. Yes. You took time for yourself. You were given that opportunity as well to focus more on you. Blessing. Kara, please tell us about your book. If God was a kid in your class, why did you write this book? And what is the takeaway message? I've always wanted to be a children's author. I've been a teacher for 20 years of small children. And now I have a small child. And I was going through this experience. And I knew that I wanted to come out the other side of it and do something special for the Lord. I was going to glorify Him. So I wrote this book about Him because it's based on a lot of the questions that the students would have over the years. They would ask me lots of questions about God. So I made this book for them to describe God, our Creator God, in their language just the way that they can understand as a kid in their class, this is how God would be. And that the message is, he's just the best, (laughs) the king on the throne. And anything you can do, he can do it better. He made it up. He invented it. He created it. He inspired it. If he was in your class, he'd be faster than you. He could draw better than you. His handwriting would be perfect. He's perfect. He wouldn't be a snob and he wouldn't be a nerd or he wouldn't be a bully. He'd have all of the skills, all of the qualities that we need. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Where can people go and find your book if they're interested? The easiest place is amazon.com or Barnes and Nobles. I have all the links on my website, kara-adams.org. Wonderful. Before we end, I'd like to ask my guests these two questions. The first one is, what do people often misunderstand about you? Probably that I'm pretty insecure, but I've definitely grown out of it a lot more. And even treatment, I think that I have gotten better. <laughs> I'm pretty insecure. And I'm always where I'm probably going to get done with this interview and then go beat myself up about something. <laughs> oh, you're doing great. Don't oh, do thank that. You. No, you should no. pat yourself on the back. Yes, because it and takes a lot of courage to come on and talk about not only your experience with cancer, but about who you are and what you've done, what you do. So it takes a lot of courage to just get really personal and vulnerable. So no, pat yourself on the back. That's huge. (laughs) Thank you. And that's the kind of things I have to just tell myself so that I don't spend time feeling down. No, you're wonderful. The second question is, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? I'm very content with where I live. I really love living in Florida and on the beach and everything I do. And I would love to live anywhere tropical, but I want to be useful to the Lord. So wherever He sends me or wherever He wants to go, I would be happiest there if I'm doing something that He wants me to be doing. Hopefully it's tropical. Stay Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that. And I like that answer. Yes, you can't go wrong if you follow that for sure. Thank you. Kara, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience before we end? Throughout our interview, I just realized that really to accept the help as you emphasized, to accept the help that has been the biggest turning point was the biggest turning point for me. It's changed me inside and out that I 
had people just generous and trying to help me and that it's made me want to be more generous and more helpful to others. It's just been such a blessing. So accept the help and ask for the help if you need it. And you don't even know what you need. You just say, I might need something. <laughs> Come over and assess my, what I might need. So yes, accept asking and accepting help. Great. Thank you so much, Kara. It has been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. Very helpful, very powerful. I love your testimony. Thank you so much for having me, Talia. My pleasure. Before we end today, I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, follow, or subscribe so that you can easily find my podcast and listen again. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.